Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Toe. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. We don't typically provide trigger warnings due to the nature of the content we discuss. Listener discretion is advised. We are also potty mouths. If you're not put off by that, shout out you. Buckle up and get ready for another episode of Say Psycho. To shop brand merchandise, access our socials, or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platforms and consult the link tree in our bio, or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so that we can continue to reach more people. Following us on Patreon enables us to produce more content and enables you to access more content. So we highly recommend checking that out. Now let's get into today's episode. sickos thanks so much for joining us today welcome 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 to the big spooky pod yeah so today is our very first episode of a really cool installment that we're doing where we are going to be picking true crime cases from places where we have followers so um you know, whether that be, you know, different countries or in the case of the U.S. where we're located, we'll cover one from each state eventually is our goal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But for right now, we're starting with other countries and like non-continental U.S. states, I think. Yeah, we should. And then we'll kind of work our way in from there. But yeah, today, our very first case takes place in sweden so shout out to our swedish listeners how sweet of you all like probably one or two of you yeah right <laughs> love you so much though yeah. we're just grateful grateful to be seen in sweden at all or streamed i guess streamed in yeah. sweden 
Beautiful. Let us know if you're if you're if you're streaming from Sweden and we wanna know we wanna know all about you. Absolutely. Now I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer for today's case because the obstacle of covering foreign cases is obviously going to be access to media, right? Mm. So whereas usually I have a lot of sources that I'm gonna cite in the stories that I cover and same for toe today we only have four citations and there is a reason for that it's not that you know we got lazy or slacked up with the research here or that you know we just didn't want to do the legwork quite literally these are the only four like English sources that I could find mm. that seemed to have enough content that was accurate to be able to use them as sources. So just consider this my disclaimer. Now that said, if you or someone you know are from Sweden, there are a bunch of news stories that were on YouTube and even mm -hmm. interviews with the survivor that we have in this story. And oh my God, I wish that I, I, understood the language so that I could consume that type of media and include those types of sources. Unfortunately, we suck here in America and we're raised on English and English alone. Yeehaw. Yeah. That's all we got. Sorry. Yeehaw is right. So without further ado, today's case takes place in Stockholm, Sweden, home of the Stockholm Syndrome. Fun fact. Okay. Oh, God. So this case begins in 2015 with a woman who uses the alias Isabel Erickson, but is otherwise unnamed in the media from what I could find. So throughout this case, you're going to hear me refer to her as Isabel, but that's not her actual name, from my understanding. That's just the alias that she's chosen in the media. She has done media interviews, so I don't know if that has evolved over time. But at least from what I could find, we're calling her Isabel for privacy purposes. Good? Good. Perfect. Beautiful. So because of the situation with her alias name, we don't know much about... Isabel outside of the events surrounding today's case. I do usually try to give a background on the victim and perpetrator whenever is possible, but you know, when there's a privacy concern like this, a lot of information is not going to be ready avail readily available. And then we have the additional obstacle of language barriers. So just hang right. in with me. We still have a lot of content for today's case, so just not a ton of background. Now, with regards to the perpetrator in today's case, we do at least have some information, although, you know, again, it's still going to be a bit limited. His name is Mark Trinneberg, and he was obviously, you know, the perpetrator in today's case. He is known to have studied at the Korlinska Institute in Stockholm, which seems to be pretty prestigious from what I can tell. Um, he's also claimed to be a member of the Mensa, which is an organization for those who score in the 98th percentile or higher in, a, in an approved IQ test. And mm -hmm. Isabel's attorney would go on to agree that he was highly in, that he was a highly intelligent individual, but 
I, I don't know that Mensa status is something that you can confirm to be a fact. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like, who do I call for that? From, <laughs> you know? So from, from, from my understanding of Mensa and, and it, it's little, don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, I, th- I think it's pretty legit. I think it's like, you know, you know, they don't just like take your word for it and say, Oh, your IQ is like this. Okay, cool. No, like, you have to, I think you have to jump through some hoops to get into Mensa. No, you definitely do. And I, I do know that to be a fact. Like, there's a very specific exam that you have to sit for and score, right. like, in a, in a certain, like, bracket, essentially. But I yeah. guess my thing is, like, you know, I, I could go today. I could put that on my resume. I could say, you know, I scored, like, I, right. I'm in Mensa. You know what I mean? But, like, for the purpose of authenticating that, is he just an arrogant prick who goes around saying this for ego stroking purposes? Or, like, is he legitimately a member of Mensa? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think you, I think one would, like, call Mensa. Yeah, but do I just, like, 1-800-MENSA? Is this guy a Mensa? Oh, you mean, like, how do you verify it personally? Exactly. So that's what oh, I'm saying. Okay. Is that I, thought you were, he... I thought you were implying that, like, nobody ever verified it. And I was like, I mean, no. I'm sure somebody along the lines called Mensa. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that this is something that's reported that he has said, right? Okay. But obviously he's the perpetrator in today's case so he's got like no leg of credibility to stand okay, on okay you know okay yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah so i'm just like okay cool like he's mensa i'm mensa we're both mensa i'm not buying it maybe he was maybe he wasn't i don't actually know but he was a doctor and other people did agree that he was highly intelligent so, I mean, it's plausible. It's not, like, outside of the scope of possibility. I'm just saying I don't trust him. It's valid. Good talk. Okay. So, in 2015, Isabel struck up a relationship with Martin Trenneberg. The two became acquainted over the phone, and during that time, Martin claimed that he was a rich American stockbroker based in London. Isabel was overall impressed with how things were going over the phone, And she actually invited Martin to come over to her flat on September 10th of 2015. They spent the evening chatting, and eventually they did have sex. Isabel said that she was put off that the literal entire time that they were being intimate, he was staring at her. Like, the entire time. Not like, oh, like kind of had his eyes open for like a couple seconds at like no literally he did not close his eyes at all he was just like intently staring now it's weird yeah and and we're gonna give isabel all of the benefit of the doubt here because toe and i have been talking about this a lot lately the dick well hath run dry just in general like a dating is so hard okay. so hard yeah, so those... i'm just saying Toe's having a crisis because she's probably going to die alone. Okay, well, I wouldn't say that, but I will say that we're getting to a point we, by we, I mean you, respectfully, like, red flags are easier to ignore when you're, like, wanting to kind of, like, settle into something. You know what I mean? 
and old. I just say it. Tell them I'm old and I'm crusty and my She's... uterus is shriveling up and dying. I was gonna say you're thirty and flirty and thriving, but okay. <laughs> you're finding your found the gray hair the other day. Oh my god! Mm. So die. up if you guys have any old old silver foxes that want an old lady (laughs) get out of here psycho point being i just think like in this dating pool i think it's easy to write off a red flag Mm. unfortunately and i feel that yeah, and I think that Isabel, you know, unfortunately did. She was just kind of like, well, you know, everything else was really fine. He's very like, white. We've had yeah. good conversation for quite a while now. Like, so what if he can't buy me a McDouble? It's fine. I can buy my own McDoubles. What are we talking about? This guy's a doctor. He can buy McDoubles. Oh, I was still talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moving on. She I think she, she she was kind of seeing like the positives. You know what I mean? She's like, he's a doctor. We've had good mm-hmm. conversation for quite some time. At like, least he the can sex afford good. Yeah, at least he can afford McDoubles. And I'm sure she was probably like, hey, the sex is good. He could probably like with time i could be like close your fucking eyes you know what i mean like that's weird yeah she's like that's a maybe he somebody just needs to tell him you know what i mean and i'm just putting words in her mouth right now i'm just speculating you know but anyway she was put off by it but despite that slight unease with that part of the experience she did agree to have a second date with him on the 15th of september so five days later okay yes reasonable time frame for a second date yeah and so she did invite him to come back to her place and now see if he closes his eyes at my place god unfortunately it doesn't really happen that way this time so now this is where we and by we i mean you guys with me but not isabel we find out that Martin is not at all an American stockbroker. He was a successful doctor. And although being a doctor is very impressive, he wanted Isabel to know as little as possible about his identity because he had a sinister plan in place that he was ready to carry out. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, during a search that would later take place on Martin's computer, Police would find violent pornography and evidence that he stalked at least 10 different women before settling on Isabel as being his victim. So, that night of September 15th, Isabel was flattered when she opened the door for their second date, and Martin gifted her champagne and chocolate-dipped strawberries. The couple mm-hmm. sat down on her couch to enjoy the little goodies, which sounds so wholesome, right? Fucking I mean, pisses me off, I feel like, because my fat ass could also be lured in with those snacks. You could be what with those snacks? I could also be lured in with those snacks, and I feel like that's oh why this, God. like... <laughs> this is so agitating. Yeah. They really do be using the good snackies, man. Honestly... 
which is such bullshit. And also, that just seems like such a nice gesture for somebody who's coming over. Like, you know, oh, I brought you these things that we can enjoy together. Like, that's that's a nice gesture, you know? And not only that, but, you know, Isabel, she, she didn't really drink all that much champagne. But it, this guy was, like, hand-feeding her strawberries as a sort of romantic gesture. I mean, you would think, like, oh, that's sexy. That's sweet, you know? Right. But it's what Isabel... Cute. I know, super cute and like super not suspicious. It oh my value, god, were they poisoned? You know? Okay, so they weren't poison, poison, but they were drugged. Okay, that's poisoned, fam. Is that poisoned? I feel like poisoned is like, did she croak? Didn't croak. Okay, I mean, they were tampered with. They were unequivocally tampered with. Absolutely. I just equate poison with, like, And do you know what pisses me off, like, also? Maybe pisses me off isn't the right word, but, like... No, it gets my goat. This is a a fucking true crime podcast, and it took me this long to figure out that they were poisoned. (laughs) God, Uh. she would definitely have eaten the strawberries. So the strawberries were laced with a powerful sedative called rohypnol. Now, in an effort to make it apparent which strawberries had been drugged, he had basically marked the drugged ones by drawing on the stem leaves and fed only the ones that were like marked for Isabel to her and he ate the other ones. Now, I do want to explain to you guys what rohypnol is, because I'm sure not everybody's going to know that. Rohypnol is a benzodiazepine, and this class of medication, or at least this specific type of benzodiazepine, is used medically to treat insomnia or to assist in anesthesia. Uh, More nefariously, rohypnol has gained popularity as a club drug and is more commonly referred to as a date rape drug. So that's essentially Mm. what it was. Super sad. Not my favorite thing. Yeah. So after a while, Isabel began to feel drowsy and then she eventually lost consciousness. Once he was fully impaired, Martin sexually assaulted her he had brought along two rubber masks and I'm going to have to put pictures of this on Instagram and like our socials or whatever, because y'all, these are like eerie as shit. I hated it, but he brought along two rubber masks. One was of an elderly woman and another of a bearded man. And he put each of them in a mask to conceal their identities. He also brought a wheelchair with him. I would presume he did this like, in his car you know right because i mean he furnished a wheelchair you know he pulled it out of somewhere i'm presuming it was like not his asshole so yeah not his asshole exactly (laughs) actually like some of the sources said that he used a wheelbarrow and i was like what that's not discreet like i have questions And then later I came across some other articles where it said wheelchair and there were even photos of the one that he used. And I was like, okay, that makes like a lot more sense because he's a doctor. That would be discreet. So yeah, he he brought with him a wheelchair, put her in the mask of an old lady, and then he just pushed her out of her apartment, drugged up and 
slumped over sleeping, looking like an old sleeping lady who's getting transported to the car. And you mm, tell. I hate that. It's like terrifying the amount of forethought that he put into this. So he transports. Do. I know. Manipulative little shits. So he gets her down to his vehicle and transports her into the back of, of the vehicle. So he transports her into the back of his vehicle and after loading Isabel into his car, he drove her about 350 miles away to his home, which is located in Kristianstad, a farm town in southern Sweden. Throughout the journey, Isabel woke up and would catch glimpses of what was going on through her mask, and she noted that she had something on her finger that felt like it seemed to be monitoring her pulse. Now, that said, Martin had been preparing for this moment for quite a while. Over the course of the past five years, he had been building a bunker, which was concealed as a machine shed next to his countryside home. So mm, precious. Yeah. Terrifying, truly. Truly. Mm. So the bunker was made from concrete and it had walls that were one foot thick. And it also had double metal doors that were designed to be soundproofed. Oh, wow. Uh, the door yeah, so like I mean he really built this bitch. He did the thing all out. Yeah, not my not my favorite. Nope. So the door to the bunker was alleged to be the same type of doors that are commonly used for bank vaults. You love bank vaults like Gringotts. Ooh, I do love Gringotts. I do love Gringotts. Don't love bunkers. Do love Gringotts. So the bunker itself was 600 square feet and it had, you know, all of the essentials, like a kitchen, a bathroom, yeah. a bedroom. I mean, I actually, I love a good bunker. I just don't like a, I like a good friendly bunker. Yeah, like maybe with a fireplace and like the option to leave when you want. Yeah, I think the option to leave is the key for me. Like, I don't even need the fireplace if we just have like, the option have snacks. snacks. Yeah, and oh, snacks. Yeah. It does snacks. love a snack. So it's said that the bunker also had a courtyard so that Isabel could go outside and get some fresh air without arousing suspicion from neighbors. I did wonder about this because I'm like, couldn't she then scream, you know? But I don't know. Mm. I guess we'll find later that there are plenty of methods that he had to deter her from wanting to do that. But still, I'm just kind of like, why soundproof everything? I know. I hate people like this. I was also unable to find in my research how close neighbors might have been. So there is that. I mean, the neighbors might have also been, like, pretty far away. I've never been to Sweden. I don't know, like, if Swedish farmland is, like, American farmland, where, you know, you typically are, like, a little bit of ways from the next person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a farm is a farm is a farm. That's kind of how I feel about it. So, yeah, I'm thinking that that's probably a factor as well. That said, there are pictures of the bunker that are publicly available. So I'll post some of those on the socials so that you guys can get just, like, 
a general view of what things would have looked like and like a setup of the property and all of that. Even just the aerial view of the property, you can see that like the property is pretty big. So, I mean, it looks fairly remote, but I'll, I'll post pictures so that you guys can see as well. Now, Isabel said that when she woke up, she had two needles stuck in her arms and Martin was sitting on a chair beside the bed where he had put her inside the bunker. Okay. Which is, like, horrifying. This sounds like an actual, like, nightmare. Yeah, not my like favorite Like a horror thing. movie, you know? Um, he had drugged her with soporific. And I don't know if I'm saying that right. I guess which is good because that means I don't... Don't do the drugs. But yeah, he drugged her with soporific in an effort to keep her sedated. And he also tested her for STDs and forced her to take oral contraception. Over the next six days, he would sexually assault her repeatedly in the bunker he had spent years preparing for her abduction. Now, Martin threatened that if Isabel attempted to leave, and this is a direct quote from Isabel... She said that he would leave her, quote, a stinking corpse. He also told her in great detail how he assaulted her while she was unconscious and told her of his plans to abduct another woman and also bring her to the bunker. And Isabel said that he was targeting some kind of celebrity, but then he had also threatened that Isabel's mom could be the other girl that he'd abduct to join her in the bunker. Yeah, it's just like such a sick threat. Such a sick individual. Fucking Oh. Swindly yeah. little butt bag. Oh, you remember. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of swindly little butt bag, Martin drew up a sort of sex slave contract in which he listed sexual demands that warranted penalties essentially if these demands were refused i'll try to remember to post a picture of that in our sources on social accounts as well the contract is written in english so a lot of y'all should be able well all of y'all if you're listening <laughs> i'm sure should be able to read that but some expectations outlined in his contract included that refusing sex would add 100 days to her captivity an escape attempt would be punished by five more years. One year off could be earned by regularly performing certain sex acts or taking part in a fitness program. Masturbation would result in a two-year addition to her captivity. The Jesus. contract required... I know, I know. The contract required that she provide him with a girlfriend experience, including intimacy. I put in parentheses, it's giving, like, Beauty and the Beast energy. <laughs> like, yikes. Don't yeah, it's way worse than Beauty and the Beast, honestly. Yeah, at least the Beast had redeeming qualities. Martin does not. So, so um... a beast. Yeah, so... But he had a castle, uh, though, so that was fun. Yeah, he did give her books. He had a very rich library. He had a castle with singing dishes. He also had a really bad temper and growled, but, you know, little things. It's the red flags sometimes, girlies. Yeah, really the red be... flags we write off. It, re it really do be the growl. Yeah, <laughs> God. So, and finally, he required, like, what parts of her body must be shaved. 
that she tanned regularly, pierced her navel, and just generally there were just a bunch of absurd requests and demands. He's just like trying to play God, you know? Okay, question. How is she going to tan regularly if she's stuck in a bunker? I'm sure that he has like a tanning bed or something. I mean, that's just me speculating, but... Okay, it's valid, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. He was said to be extremely arrogant, which, like, no fucking shit. We're here, so we already know. And a couple of days after he abducted Isabel, he returned to her flat to collect some of her belongings. I just want to know what he wanted to get from there. You know what I mean? Like, what was so important that you thought that this was the move? Now, not surprisingly... While he was in Stockholm, he discovered that Isabel's family had reported her missing, as oh. one tends to do. And even the locks on the front door had been changed. Now, Martin panicked at the realization and returned home. He collected Isabel from the bunker and he drove her to the Stockholm police station immediately, where he directed her to tell the police that she was fine, that she'd left voluntarily, and he instructed her to ask the police to just you know, get with the apartment and get a new key to the apartment cut and, and just everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Now, the police weren't idiots and they weren't buying it. They were, like, mm. super concerned and they pulled her aside from her captor where she was able to tell them the whole truth. Martin was then arrested and evidence was uncovered that indicated that he was keeping Isabel prisoner for several years. He admitted to drugging, kidnapping, and holding Isabel against her will, but he denied that he'd raped her. He's like, oh, well, that just wouldn't be very nice. I drew the line of rape. Um, Oh, slow clap. Except for you fucking didn't, you piece of shit. Exactly. God, shout out Swedish police, because American cops could never... literally and i mean they might be just as bad in plenty of other cases i I generally have no point yeah no that's valid but like i'm just like you can tell that i'm from america because the shock on my face when you said that like the cops actually did something worthwhile was like yeah like they're like no this doesn't feel right like we're gonna separate them etc it's so sad how often even that like bare minimum is not something that takes place but in this case thank god that they had the common sense to do the bare minimum because they were able to get him now martin's attorneys i'm sorry martin did want his attorneys to try to get the kidnapping indictment reduced to a less serious charge of deprivation of liberty but that didn't happen ultimately he was made to stay in trial for his crimes his defense attorney said in the media that her client was a very unhappy person and that he was lonely she said that he had no girlfriend and built the property to bring a woman who was to be his girlfriend and he said that he just wanted to live with someone which to me you guys you guys you guys that's the worst defense i've ever heard in my life for so many literally but especially because isabel had even like not only gone on one date with him but despite his creepy little ass she was like yeah let's do date two they've been consensually intimate even And instead of pursuing a normal adult relationship, 
He abducted her. He dehumanized her. He brutalized her. Yeah. Let the court's record show. This is probably why he couldn't hold down a fucking girlfriend. Probably. You're on to something there, LJ. Wow. Wow. Court dismissed. Bring in the dancing lobsters. (laughs) So, (laughs) understandably. Not the dancing lobsters. God. I was like, somebody get my reference, please. Okay. Understandably, the trial was very difficult for Isabel. All of her trauma was rehashed and her PTSD issues became more pronounced as she had to recall the trauma of her abduction and her time in the bunker. Jen Hoogstrom was Isabel's lawyer and she gave a public comment which has been loosely translated to English. Quote, she has been treated for post-traumatic shock disorder. Now, when the trial is coming up, her symptoms have escalated. She's having nightmares that remind her about the time she was in the bunker. A brief noise or sight, anything that reminds her of those days, can put her in terrible condition. But she is determined to get through the trial and then to try to get on with her life. End quote. Good in the her. end, yeah, I mean, that's such a, a traumatic thing to have to go through, not only to have experienced the trauma to begin with, but then to have to go through all the associated court proceedings. It's so much. It's re-traumatizing, truly. And I'm sure that, you know, she's going to be in therapy for a long time, just trying to deal with everything that happened. But I'm sure the trial must have been an awful thing to have to deal with. Now, in the end, Martin was unanimously found guilty of her abduction. But... He was acquitted of aggravated rape because of a lack of tangible evidence, which personally, to me, is so wild. Like, he abducted her, held her in a bunker with birth control, assaulted her for days, and we're saying, like, that's not enough proof like to me that sounds like there just yeah. wasn't enough effort like did you know do we know do we know was a rape kit ever done was it offered was it declined like my source information did not say but i had the same questions i mean if she did decline a rape kit i can understand one sure. why she would decline it to begin with it's Absolutely. a very invasive thing to have to go through after you've already experienced a sexual trauma i think you know, unfortunately, it, it is much like trial. It's re-traumatizing. And, you know, I can For understand sure. a, somebody who's been through an assault not wanting to do that. So no shame to her if that's what she chose. But if it wasn't offered or if it wasn't done properly, etc., then, like, what what happened? I would just love to have more information on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have questions about that. And even the chief prosecutor, his name was Peter Clayson, he said in a statement to Reuters, quote, he has had sexual intercourse with her while she was unconscious or slept and abducted her to his residence outside Kirstenstad. So, I mean, I, I know I said, even he said that. He's the prosecutor. Of course, it's his job to say that. But I'm like, you know, I just don't know. I mean, he... He, like, plainly abducted her, held her in a bunker. Like, what do you think that he was going to do with her? Like, play checkers? Literally. Like, watch, like, watch their favorite chick flicks? Like, 
this doesn't seem like that kind of a field trip. I'll just, I'll be the one to say it. I'm not buying it. No. So, did they have the, did they have the sex contract? They did. They had the sex contract. This is like publicly available. So they have the sex contract. Yeah, I wasn't no. even thinking about that. And like, and we're saying like, oh, like, are you trying to tell me that that contract is valid? Because no. Literally. No. So, despite all of this freaking monstrosity, so throughout the trial, it was made known by the prosecution that Martin had meticulously planned Isabel's abduction and had obviously subjected her to a terrible ordeal by abducting her, sedating her, holding her against her will. And even so, would you like to guess how long he was sentenced for? Please take a guess. Probably like five minutes. Pretty much. Ten years. He got ten years. So, again, this crime took place in 2015. I mean, 2025 is right around the corner, buddy. Like, it's 2023 as we record this. It's like no time at all. I'm not, I'm not like, saying that, that people should be waiting for him when he gets out, but I'm just saying if they were, I wouldn't be mad. No, I agree. I'm going to have to retweet. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys for joining us on our first episode of Falling Crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of how our calendar is falling... Next week, you're actually going to also get an episode of Following Crime. And in that particular episode, which I'm pulling up on our little calendar right now, that one's going to be led by Toe. And we're going to be talking about Robert Hansen from Alaska. He was known to abduct women and release them into the Alaskan wilderness to be hunted. Yeah. It's a real freak of nature, truly. And there is a plane involved, so. There is a plane involved. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I sent the case to, I actually emailed the case to our, like, shared business email as, like, a, oh, we need to cover that. And I was thinking, like, this would be great for, one, our following crime because we have Alaskan listeners. And, two, it would be great for Toe because there's a plane involved. And then I emailed it to us and Toe was like, I already started drafting it, like, before you sent this email that was already on my list. I'm like, of course. No. You were probably like, dear Google, crimes with planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for I will say, it's honestly, it's a disgrace to aircraft what he did with this plane. That's true. Uh, yeah. And I just, I don't think that any plane would want to be used in that way because planes are wholesome machines. The plane would say, I would like to be excluded from this narrative. Yeah, if the plane could talk, I think the plane would honestly be be a little upset. It would I'm I'm honestly, I'm surprised that the plane didn't just, like, stall and fly out, like, fall out of the sky in an uncontrolled spiral descent as a matter of protest. Well, more on that next week. Okay, yeah, more on that next week. Perfect. Well, thanks again for joining us, you guys. As always, check out our Patreon. I won't give you the whole spiel because I know you got it in our intro, but Patreon's as little as $3 a month. I'm going to replug that because bonus content, bonus content. 
Wait, why am I plugging it to you guys? You're already Patreons. <laughs> I was just about to say, wait, yeah. is this not bonus content for Patreon? You guys are so good. Look at you already doing what we love you to do. Thanks for the continued support, my precious little butter beans. Yeah, thanks for the stuff. <laughs> the dollars. Thank you for those. You sent several of them and we really appreciated it. Yes, thank you for the dollars. Thank you for the dollars. All right. Yeah, dollars. All right, okay. you guys. We'll see you next week. Toodaloo. Bye. Oh no! Did we perform a fuckeroni?